Good morning, River City family, those here in person and those online. I want to welcome you to service this morning. A little different start. Mariah's taking a break this Sunday, but I'm here. If you're here in the room, if you want to go ahead and be seated and get present. If you're at home, you don't necessarily have to be seated. We, we won't even know if you are, and that's okay. But I want to share this as we start today, that each person that's here present with us, whether online or here in person, is a gift to this today. And so there's something really beautiful and sacred about the gathering, especially the gathering around and for Jesus with the people of Jesus. There's something beautiful about that. I'm going to read a psalm here in a minute, but I've got a few announcements before we start for this week that you guys need to be aware of. The first announcement is the American Red Cross Blood Drive will be at the table on November 27th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., and you can sign up online to jump into that. We would love it if many of our people would jump into that. It's really a gift that we get to be able to be a host site at the table for Smyrna. I'm very thankful for Shannon doing the work to get that done and for our body already signing up for that. Number two, we're doing table holiday markets, which we had our first one yesterday. Shannon's been setting this up and they're bi-weekly and we had around 10 to 12 different vendors come and set up shop and it was really a great day. I, I ended up spending a lot more money than I should have um, at the event, but it was beautiful. And so if you desire to do something on Saturday where you can kind of be back in the community, but it's a safe, distanced place, there's going to be another one in two Saturdays. And if you're a vendor who would like to hear more about how to get a, to be a part of this, you can reach out to Shannon, and she can set that up for you. She's director of the table right now. Number three, Advent starts next week, and if you're a part of River City, you know that this is something that's important to us. And this year, we have a special group we're starting built around the two books, She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth. And Kara will be leading a group through this for Advent where there'll be discussion, we'll be going through the same content, there'll be a couple gatherings to do some things. As if I'm hearing this correctly, there are five books left, um, and those can be purchased by talking to either Bill or Kara, or you can come see me after service. We have some here, but I think we have to order more, or you can order your own, but you have about a week to get these books. It will be worthwhile. There's also an Advent station in the lobby here at the church that will be up all week for those that can't make it to service. On that table, there are some resources today to help you out to understand what Advent is. There's some, some books that we've read before. There's some children's books. Next week, there'll be even more stuff with some descriptions on why we do some of these things and things to do with your family. So I recommend you come in and take a look at all of these different resources so that you can be a part of this. Advent was new for me to start five or six years ago when we started doing it, and it's become one of my favorite parts of the year with our family. So I recommend that you jump in with us. It'll be fun. And the last announcement for today is you've, you've been a part of prayer weeks before, and this year we're doing our prayer week in December. We couldn't do it when we usually do it, and so that will be November 30th through December, through December 4th. It will be mainly down in the table, and then there will be a couple things happening during the week to help us get together. Uh, on the Wednesday night, we will have, um, actually the first three days will be at the table, on Thursday, there'll be a worship night, and on Friday morning, we're going to do some prayer early in the table. And so I really hope that you can get involved in this. There's never so many people in the space for prayer week 
that it becomes a worry. And so it's kind of like a space that we set up, keep open, and you come and visit, and there's different stations. This year, the stations are built around Advent. I'm actually setting up my own station built around Scott the Painter's stations for Advent that will be placed strategically all around this building, and there'll be a way for you to visit all those. Um, I'm really excited for the next few weeks with our body. I think it'll be a good opportunity to re-engage in a lot of the ways that we've been doing so. Today I want to read you the psalm from the lectionary, and I'm saying this because last week, right before we had, before I shared and preached, I did something that was kind of silly, I think. I decided it would be good for us to sing, Jesus Loves Me, and I did that not just because I like the song, but because I was recognizing the need for the body of Christ to celebrate and gather around Jesus, and just to be reminded simply that we're here Yes, together, and that's so important, but we are gathering around Christ. This is significant. It's so significant that we have to be reminded how important it is to be present with one another as he is present with us, to notice what's happening while we're here, to listen to the invitations of the Spirit as we gather. So if you're at home, if you're watching later in the week, This is an invitation for you as well. Christ is with us. Christ is here. Christ is there. But this space, what we do here, means so much. And so if you'll stand with me if you're in this room, I'm going to read to you Psalm 95. And you can follow along with me. And I'm going to read it slowly so you can truly take it in. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And Jesus, yes, we bow down because you are king enthroned and we are yours. We humble ourselves, Jesus, today in your presence. We take note that you are leading. We confess and repent. Jesus, we would rather do it our own ways many times, but Jesus, we need you today. And I'm thankful for brother and sister in this room that have decided to gather and brother and sister online that have decided to gather because it means so much. This is sacred. This is meaningful. This is important. You are enthroned and we are yours. Let this body be a rich body. Let this body be diverse, but let this body always be going towards you, Lord, yearning for more of you, Lord, desiring more of you, Lord, noticing our neighbors in our city, and loving one another well, but Jesus, be present with us as we are present with you. We need you, Jesus. We cannot do it without you. We submit to you, Lord.
Everything today is yours. We need you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. This is, uh, this is where we join churches all over the globe as we enter into what we, uh, the time of prayers of the people. Um, you've heard us talk about Lectio Divina. For those of you who don't know, we read a chunk of scripture repeatedly. We look for th- words or phrases that we feel like the Lord might, be have, might have for us in that passage. And then we ask him to enter into, what is he trying to show us? What is that about? Um, there's another spiritual practice called Visio Divina. If you've noticed, when we do prayers of the people, we show images on the screen. Um, and I'm going to invite you to step into that as a Visio Divina. So as the, as the images scroll through there, just ask the Lord to show you something. Why is he showing you that? What is he trying to tell you? What is he trying to lead you into? So if you'll pray with me. Lord, we thank you for today. As we reflect on the Pentecost season that we are ending and the Advent season that awaits, we are reminded of who you are. Although the last many months have been challenging, you, O oh Lord, have been at work all along in the deep places where we cannot always see. You never leave us or forsake us. You are a God who keeps his promises. You make things new. You, O oh Lord, are faithful, and your love and care for us never fails. Forgive us, Lord, for being so busy that we miss the many ways you reveal yourself to us. And forgive us for being so consumed and mindful of our own lives that we miss the many needs of those around us. We turn our hearts and minds now to those many needs, to the things in your world that are not as they ought to be. We pray for the universal church and for the world. We pray, Lord, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. We pray for the leaders of the Zuncheng Church in China who were arrested last Sunday and their members whose church was disbanded by Chinese authorities. We pray that your light continue to shine through them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. We pray for the people in countries around the world who are protesting for their rights in places like Thailand, Haiti, and Peru. We pray for those who are facing evictions from their homes here in the States and around the world. We pray for miracles of mercy and grace from their landlords. We pray against disunity resulting from the election season we are in, where we need to reconcile with others, give us the courage to apologize and say, I'm sorry, even if our effort falls flat. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. We pray for those hit hard by Hurricane Iota in Honduras, Nicaragua, and Colombia. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all those whose lives are linked with ours, whether they be family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, or strangers, and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, we lift up all those in our community who are dealing with illness this week. 
who have endured having to get a COVID test and the burden of waiting on results. We lift up those who are helping with family members who are ill, give them strength, patience, endurance, peace, and rest. We pray for Mike Sullivan, who is recovering from a fall off his roof yesterday. Lord, in, our, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. We especially remember Josh and Aaron's cousin, Shannon, who died this, earlier this week, Tony's mom, who died yesterday, and Mariah's cousin, Miles, who died Thursday. Please, Lord, be with those families as they mourn and celebrate the lives of their loved ones. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the various and creative ways you have called each one of us to participate with you in your kingdom work here in Smyrna, Cobb County, and the Atlanta area. Through our different vocations, you have called us to be artists, teachers, students, nurses, lawyers, gardeners, investors, realtors, stay-at-home parents, entrepreneurs, social workers, musicians, doctors, and so many other things. Help us to see these vocations as your holy and sacred work in this world. May we create beauty. May we bring justice. May we work for the common good. May we cultivate your shalom in this city as it is in heaven. And finally, help us to let go of our desire for approval and affection. Empty us of our need to be noticed and applauded. Instead, fill us with such a depth of your love that we are content and compelled to quietly and faithfully serve others. Thank you, God of the universe, that you come close and you hear the prayers of your people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to invite you guys to uh, welcome in just a moment. I would say that you're a mentor to me, Dr. Johns, pretty comfortably. I don't know if that's comfortable for you. Um, but I'm saying it all the time. Okay, cool. She claims me. Um, we, we actually, I just want to share this. We had a chance to visit um, Dr. John's farm about a month ago, and it was a really special time to, to hang out and just kind of be present with one another and to see kind of how, um, how you're living in Smyrna, or not in Smyrna, Georgia, but in Cleveland, Tennessee. And so I'm, I'm praying, and we're going to continue to pray. Um, I was actually talking to one of our staff members' spouses this week, and she had been reading your book, The Seven Transforming Gifts of Menopause. So, everyone buy it. I'm going to read it. I'm gonna, it's probably good for me to read that. It is. I think it's good for me to read that. So, if you, if you guys wouldn't mind just pointing your hands towards Dr. Johns. I want to bless you, Dr. Johns, as you come and share. Uh, in the name of Jesus, that you would be that you would be able to receive from him as you pour out today. And I pray that you would be able to speak the words that are on your heart fully. And I pray, God, that you would continue to use this unbelievably mighty woman for you. And I pray today that you would bless our ears and hearts to hear and to be present together in this sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, River City. It's so good to be back here with you. I think I've told you before that you're one of my favorite churches, and it's wonderful to 
be back with Josh and Sarah and their children and all of you. I was just sitting there thinking about the last time I was here. There were a lot more people in the room. We were sitting closer together. We didn't have those masks on. I'm looking forward to another time like that. Would you um, stand with me as I read uh, the word this morning? I'm reading out of Exodus 35, uh, verses 30 through 35. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord is called by name, Bezaliel, son of Uri, son of Hur, out of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the divine spirit, with skill, intelligence, and knowledge in every kind of craft, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, and in every kind of craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Holabab, the son of Ashmenak, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every kind of work by an artisan or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and crimson yarns and in fine linen or by a weaver and any sort of artisan or skilled designer. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I think a lot of people, just because it's 2020, are putting out their Christmas decorations early. If you're putting out your Christmas decorations early, raise your hand. My husband and I, we just bought, I mean, we're not much for outside uh, inflatables and things like that. Even though when we were pastoring, uh, a group of people came to our house knowing I didn't like inflatables and filled the yard and the house and even our bedroom with inflatables. It was traumatizing to me. But, but this year, because it's 2020, we, are, uh, we just got this 10-foot high lighted nativity set from Home Depot, and we're putting it on the hill in front of our house so everybody can see. I don't know. It's just something that makes us feel better. Uh, to do that. So you may be inclined like we are to maybe go overboard. My, my grandson, who's eight years old, Carter, he's ready to put the Christmas decorations up and he's, he's telling his mom, can I at least just go down in the basement and see what we've got to work with, what we're working with here? He li- literally sees himself as the family designer and decorator and she says, you know what we've got down there. And he said, I just need to see it all so I can go ahead and, and plan that. It's a time of um, wilderness that we're living in, COVID wilderness, we might call it. And it's also, though, I believe a time in which a lot of creativity is coming out. Uh, We've had to be creative. We've had to reconfigure our worship spaces. We've had to do worship together in a different way. We've had to think outside the box the way we do church, or the way we do home, or the way we do school, the way we do family. We've had to reconfigure our offices at home. We've had to change maybe from uh, going to public school or school to being home or not. It's very different and every family's doing it differently. And I've just been amazed at the amount of creativity I've seen how people have kind of stepped up. I believe how the Holy Spirit has come and helped us to kind of get through this time of wilderness 
that we're in. And who would have thought of all the baking bread? My daughter just sent me a recipe for artisan bread and her family ate it in like two days. So I'm going to try my hand at baking bread here. In this time of disorientation, reminds me a lot of what we read in the book of Exodus. You know, so much had happened. Slaves, there were slaves for several hundred years, 400 years, living as uh, the Israelites in Egypt. And then Moses comes, God delivers them out of the land of Egypt, the Red Sea parts, and then they get on the other side and they go a few ways. And then Moses goes up on a mountain and said, hey, y'all stay here, I'm going to talk to God. And then he doesn't come down. And so what do you do? Well, they got creative. They said, well, we don't know much about that God up there with Moses, but we do know about the golden calves. And Egypt just had a lot of gods that we kind of liked. So uh, they got with Aaron, and Aaron said, bring all your gold and everything, and we'll melt it. And they were creative. They made a golden calf. And then Moses comes down the mountain and sees it and just goes furious on them and crashes that calf up and and then God is all upset and threatens to leave and not do any have anything to do with them. So we move here to Exodus 33 and 35 and Moses is back up on the mountain and he had been uh, asking the Lord, um, I know that these are an obstinate people, but they're your people and you called us out. And uh, I don't exactly know where we're going. You have promised us a space. And I'm not moving from here. I am not moving from here unless your presence goes with us. And Moses says something interesting there. He said, for how shall we be known of all the people on the world, in the earth, unless your presence goes? We'll just be like everybody else. And our gods will be like everybody else's gods. And so God says, I will, I will go with you. And then we move toward Exodus 35. Moses comes and is back down from the mountain. And he had been such in contact with God that his face glowed and shone. I can't imagine that. The radiating of God's presence that was upon him. So when he what came down, he had to put a veil in front of his face because the presence was so powerful. And in order to bring about a habitation for that presence, they had the tent of meeting outside the camp, but they needed something more beautiful, more permanent than that, uh, it, but yet it had to be portable because they weren't landed yet. And so we're at this part of chapter 35 now where they are uh, in between the old and the new. And then Moses has come down. The law is being given. And there's this new identity that God is wanting to give them. And, he, um, and then Moses says to them, well, uh, God has given or God has called God has given us uh, someone here who is going to uh, make us, um, help us to build us a habitation for the presence of God. And 
there's some interesting words there in which uh, I think it's almost the first recorded words in the Bible of someone being filled with the Spirit. And when we say filled with the divine spirit or filled with the divine, we often think, I do, of prophecy or preaching and prayer, tongues, glossolalia. I just think of those things. But here, what comes after being filled with the divine spirit is to make beautiful things. Isn't that wonderful too? That one of the very first mentions of the Spirit of God at work in someone is to make beautiful things, to create a beautiful habitation for the presence of God. So the Lord had called Beelzeel and um, Aholab. And there's some words here that are just so wonderful. It says that God filled him with the spirit of wisdom. And if you were to look at that word wisdom there in, in the uh, Hebrew, it, 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 it has more than just, uh, sometimes we, we Christians today, you know, we had to go through all that Greek and Roman empire and all of that. So when we think of wisdom, we think of maybe something up in our, our head, but not really w- what we do with our hands, skill, um, but in the Hebrew understanding, wisdom was very embodied and very material. So this kind of synonymous word here, wisdom is skill, and has given him, them a, uh, fill them with wisdom and fill them with skill. And there's all kinds of application or implications for that word. And I'd love to go to Proverbs 8 and 9, where Lady Wisdom is speaking. She stands at the crossroads, and she says, turn in here. Come in here. I've got wisdom, I have, and I have built my house, and I want you to come in here and see what I have to offer. And I love where in Proverbs 8, she says, I, when God created the universe... I was beside him like a master worker. So wisdom was with God in the very beginning of the universe, that very moments when all of everything just begins spiraling out in beauty and in wonder. It's that wisdom, it's that beauty, it's that skill. And Lady Wisdom was there And she comes now to be with them in this. So out of chaos comes beauty. Out of this chaos in the wilderness, wisdom is coming and there's going to be beauty. You see, almost like a recreation for for me to see that. And there is this sense where knowledge then comes like like a flourishing here. People that had will and a heart to do it would bring uh, their, their fine gold and their Acadia wood and the skilled weavers, the women who were skilled in weaving linen and even goat's hair for the sides of the tents and all. That was there. And this became, I, I was thinking driving down here, how different it was now than when it was when Moses was up on the mountain and they made the golden calf. 
Everybody kind of got involved in that, and that didn't turn out well. But now everybody's getting involved in this. And why is it different? Well, this is a habitation for the holy presence of God. So we can use our gifts. We can use our skills and make idols. I know I have. We can build to ourselves. We can become something that worships what we make. But this is not for them to worship what they've made because God is not the idol. This is just a space. See the difference? We're creating here in Exodus a space. And I thought also, like, well, it's temporary. And it's not like the great temple that Solomon's going to build later. And part of us, you know, I think the Enneagram ones, part of us, and I love you Enneagram ones if you're into the Enneagram. You know, it's like, well, we just need to be practical here. Why do we need to spend all that money? You know, and uh, let's just throw up a tarp. That'll do. And we'll just make do with what we got. Nothing like that happens here. Everything is so beautiful and detailed and embroidered and carved and um, making the beautiful Ark of the Covenant there, which is layered in gold and these two cherubim are like right over the mercy seat and all of the symbolism. It's a place, a habitation, a special uh, for what Moses had pleaded for. We're not going to go up from here unless your presence goes. So trash the idol and bring in the presence. But the presence is um, it's portable, but it's beautiful. It's portable, but it's tangible. And I love how this tent of meeting and this tabernacle symbolizes so very much. It's like a, a little habitation in the midst of chaos. It's like a new creation in the midst of the old creation. It's like a space where uh, it can be a miniature world, a miniature uh, new creation where community can be, where presence can dwell, where we can, and, and now I can see that as uh, Pentecost season, uh, God comes down and claims it all, and we can go into the Holy of Holies too, and we can be in, don't have to have special people to go in there. And we can meet with God face to face, and we can come out with shining faces. So how shall we be known from all the people in this crazy postmodern world where everybody has their own God and their own space and everything by the presence, by the presence. But you have to go to a space, I believe, where that presence is abounding. That's why we have the church. That's why we have the church. And we create this wonderful space. And I believe that God feels his body fills his uh, family of God with the same divine spirit. I would love to see us capture that again. I think we went through a long period in church history when I, I, can, I can understand the um, pushback when the Reformation happened and 
it's like the church had captured the spirit. There wasn't any real portableness to it. It was like going to the cathedral. And um, I, I love my Roman Catholic friends. And sometimes I'd say, I just feel like I can suffocate in there. I need a tent. I'm a Pentecostal, you know. And they'll say, but aren't the cathedrals beautiful? And I say, yeah, they're beautiful. Your cathedrals are beautiful. Uh, but sometimes you can kind of uh, cloister the spirit. And uh, that's why I believe that we don't need to kind of build a space and say only here and not out there because God is sovereign. So the Protestant Reformation did a wonderful thing. It brought in the sword of the spirit uh, of the word. And so the preaching of the word begins to slice through and there's this freedom and out in the streets and, and John Wesley preaching in the fields and people going out. The word is scattered out. But we kind of went overboard with that in the sense like I, I remember going to the cathedral in Zurich where one of the most radical ref reformers, uh, Zwingli, was preaching. And so they went into that beautiful cathedral and what they could not carry out icons and statues and everything and, and smash and burn, they, they hacked the heads off of things and, and it just was horrible. Like, why would you destroy beauty? Why would you do that? But they were afraid of what maybe, what happened with the golden calf, you know, in the wilderness is that you begin to worship the object rather than God. So, they wanted this freedom of the word, and they wanted uh, not to have a sense of God being contained in uh, icons and in images. But what happened, uh, Zwingli said, don't let there be anything in churches that would distract your mind from the hearing of the word. Well, okay, but we are more than just hearing, right? I see I taste, I smell, and I just don't bring my ears and, and brain to church. Like, I love the light that floods in here. I love the way you have made this a beautiful space. So I believe that we, we've got to get back to maybe reclaiming this whole sense of being filled with the divine spirit is more than just preaching the word but it is creating beautiful communities, creating beautiful space. It doesn't have to be a wealthy space. It can be a tent in the wilderness, but it can be sacred. It can be holy, and it can be a place where God's presence goes. So here in Smyrna, Georgia, there's a tabernacling of the divine presence here. And we make space for that. And we welcome that. And everyone who has a heart toward this, everyone who has a skill gets to contribute. Not just singing people or preaching people, but making objects kind of people, painting, drawing, dancing, um, doing all kinds of craft things. And, and, and that's just not my skill set. I, I used to say that at once I... Uh, if I would go in these craft stores, that somebody would go on the speaker and say, she's in here, uh, the imposter is in here, you know. And I start hyperventilating, like, 
that's really nice, but I don't even know what that stuff is for. How do you make anything out of that? So that's just, but I appreciate it. I appreciate people who do, who make beautiful things. And I know that you're in a season now where you're calling for prayers of the season. And I want to leave you with this prayer for the season is back to an ancient prayer back into the 9th century, 800s. Um, there was a, a German monk who wrote this beautiful ancient hymn, Come Creator Spirit, or in the Latin, Vini Creator Spiritus. And that hymn has, has survived through the centuries and it's now sung at the coronation of kings and queens. It is now at dedications of great cathedrals. It is now sung at uh, when uh, the cardinals are installed. And it's in the common book of common prayer for many different special services. It's become sort of a hymn of the church now to say, um, come creator spirit. You see the word creator there. We know that God is holy, so we say Holy Spirit. But see how your mind just changes a bit when you say, Come, Creator Spirit. Vene, Spiritus Creator. Come, Creator Spirit. And just like those great artisans of ancient days, open, expand the rooms of my mind, so that I can see and do and have Lady Wisdom with me and I can become a builder, a creator, a craftsperson of a beautiful space. So we say, come Holy Spirit, bring your presence, come Creator Spirit, so that we might participate in that great commission you gave us at the beginning of creation was to tend the garden, to steward the world, to help make it beautiful, to bring beauty out of ashes, to take the chaos and to make the order out of that chaos, to take broken communities and build habitable space, to take a, 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 a building that would have been used for commercial and make it a sacred space. See the creator spirit is at work today, always creating and renewing. And at Pentecost, that creator spirit came and said, I claim it all back. Every inch of the cosmos, it's like being filled with the spirit. You know what that means? It just says, I'm a sign and a witness of that day when all shall be filled. Amen. All shall be filled. And the material world I don't know how it works, but my body is part of that, your body. There's a synergy of the spirit in my molecules. There's a synergy of the spirit in my mind. So spirit and matter, as you know, we don't need Einstein to tell us that, are very fluid sometimes. And energy and matter is very fluid. So that we are being um, brought into the very likeness of Christ divinized to a degree and using the ancient terms there but we are being brought into a beautiful space a beautiful being a beautiful uh, habitation 
for the Holy Spirit. So when we call and cry, come Creator Spirit, I have this book I want to write. Come Creator Spirit, I have this building project. Come Creator Spirit, I have this um, space that I want to make beautiful. When we, uh, the Turners, you were at our home recently and we had added on a porch and a big room in the back and the guy that was building for us, he's a master finish work guy and he um, does beautiful finish work. So I had this big um, print of a photograph of an outdoor baptism in um, near Apalachicola, Florida. It was a beautiful outdoor baptism and I wanted that to be over the fireplace. And so the guy that was building for us, Chris, uh, he said, Mark, he said, well, I'm going to pray about it. And sometimes it comes to me in the middle of the night. And God's going to give me your fireplace. And he did. He gave him a fireplace that I thought, well, I never would have dreamed a fireplace looked like that. And the picture is right there. He said, I made that for that picture. See how all, he's, he's a home builder, but I'll pray about it. And sometimes it comes to me in the middle of the night, come creator spirit. So there is no secular and spiritual work, so to speak. All the work of our hands is anointed work. All the work of our hands and all the things that we do Creator Spirit, come and help us. So my prayer for, for River City now is that you're in this time of transition and pandemic and don't go back to the flesh pots of Egypt when the pandemic's over. Don't go back the way it was. We're out here for a creative space for a reason, I think, so that we might be forced to see what God really wants to create. Because we got tried, used to things, right? This is the way we do it, etc. Maybe in the world that we're going to, we are going to need different forms, different things. So we pray, Lord, we're not going to go into that world. It looks a little scary to me. Uh, unless your spirit goes with us. And then the Lord comes. And we, we invoke the Creator Spirit. So I pray the blessings and the anointing of the Creator Spirit over this congregation. And just at the day and the dawn of creation, when the Creator Spirit brooded, and the image there is hovering over the waters, stirring them up, not passive, but stirring them up. So allow the Holy Spirit to hover over you and to stir the waters that are here, to hover over your mind and over your heart, and to stir and bring out something beautiful that you alone cannot imagine. The Creator Spirit. I sat on my porch and watched the most beautiful sunset. No two sunsets are ever alike. Creator Spirit. No two human beings are ever alike. And no two churches are ever alike. I believe we're going to move out of the era of the big box church. 
kind of like the Walmart church? I do. I think we're going to out of that era. But I believe that out of that is going to come creative communities. And they won't all look alike because not everybody has the same calling. Not every church has the exact same calling. And God will anoint you. He will illuminate your mind. And he will, somebody sent me a prophetic word the other day. Uh, Beth Moore, which she doesn't often send them out, but she sent one to me. And I thought, all right, I'm going to get this. And she said, Cheryl, your mind, it's got rooms in it that haven't, their doors in that, and, and, and the Spirit wants to unlock the doors that are in your mind. And I see it illuminated with lamps, like a tabernacle. Call for the Spirit to come and open the doors. I want to leave you with that word today. There is in your mind many rooms that have not yet been opened. Spaces, creative spaces, a habitation of the Spirit. And you can be more than you are. You can know more than you know. You can do more than you can do because the Spirit enables us to be all more than we ever are. And that's my blessing for you today. And I believe that God is hovering and, and the wings of the Spirit are just stirring you up. So I want to end with this uh, video song. Uh, Graham Kendrick is a, a songwriter and leader in uh, Great Britain. And he took this ancient hymn Vene Spiritus Creator, and he wrote it in May. It's a pandemic hymn, he said. See what it does, the pandemic? We got a pandemic song here, but it's based upon an ancient hymn and some of the same words. He's just revised it. So as you watch and listen to this, uh, would you pray with it? Pray with this song. Sacred power. 
My prayer is that we take what's been sown into this, these words that I feel like have illuminated the Spirit of God towards us, and I just ask that, Father, you would allow them to become part of us. Come, Creator Spirit. And we ask that there will be fruit that comes from this because we have pursued but also submitted to you. Come, Creator Spirit. We ask for forgiveness for where we've decided that this isn't possible. Come, Creator Spirit. We ask for renewed minds to think like this. We thank you for the gifts today, Jesus, all of them. We pray blessings over each person in this room. I I get a sense and a picture, and I'll just pray over you at home and here, and then we're going to close out for today. That this word is not just a word for our church, but a word for your home. It's a word for your marriage. It's a word for your friendships. It's a word for your job. It's a word for your waking up and you're going to bed. It's an invitation. Help us to say yes, Lord, as Mary did. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Once again, love you very much. Love everyone here. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.